Hey guys. Wow, we're already at the end of the week. This one was super fast, I feel like. I don't know for the rest of you, but obviously moving into a new state, a new home, there's so much to do. And I'll be sharing with you guys some new updates soon. I know I keep saying that, but it's just been so busy here and getting the girls adjusted, getting Justin, my husband, adjusted, the other kid, myself, just all things life and, you know, um, work and the different businesses I run. There's just so much going on. So forgive me, but I will be sharing updates soon. I have a lot of exciting new projects to share soon. And on that note, I want to remind you that I am working with an amazing wellness company that's made in the USA, manufactured in-house and all its own clinical testing, super clean, non-toxic, like I can't say enough good things, quality, 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 household, nutrition, like bath and body, you name it. I've been using it. I switched the family to it a few months ago. Want to switch my dollars to the little guys of these big corporations personally. So if you're interested and wanting to know more about that, please DM me on my Instagram at Allie Design, or you can send me an email at Allie at AllieWeenDesign.com. And that is in the show notes and let me know you're interested in the wellness and I will share with you. So today's episode is an incredible guest. I have the fabulous Sean Stone. Sean talks all things about what's going on in the world, taking the red or purple pill, whatever works for you. Um, cognitive dissonance, what we're going through, he believes what he studied for years, what his dad, Oliver Stone, taught him, being a conspiracy, quote unquote, theorist and way more. Uh, I really hope you guys take this episode and zoom in and really kind of like listen and open your eyes and open your heart whatever doesn't resonate of course throw out but really ask yourself those questions and what sean talks about because it's a really good episode and we went everywhere so i hope you guys enjoy it if you do please take a screenshot tag a friend post it on social tag ali levine design tag everything with ali levine we will repost it and share the love if you haven't already, please make sure you're subscribed and leave a five-star review. The reviews mean so much to me. I'm going for the 300 reviews that I mentioned to you guys for my show. I have, I think, now almost 250 reviews. So thank you so much for listening and giving me that birthday gift. I really appreciate it. I'm going to read a review right now because, I'm yeah, 248 ratings. I really appreciate it. So I'm going to read one right now just because I'm so thankful for you guys leaving so many lately. It really means a lot to me. So let's see what this one says. Okay, I'm gonna click through and just kind of pick one randomly. Allie is just the best. Her energy enthusiasm is infectious and authentic, but also willing to go so deep with her guests. A must listen every week. Well, thank you so much, Ash. I appreciate your review. And guys, thank you so much for leaving me reviews. And if you, you know, resonate, please write on the review, like what you really like or what guests maybe intrigued you. It really helps others find the show and, you know, get to know what they're listening to. So without further ado, here is Sean Stone. Everything you need to know about him is in the show notes. Enjoy the weekend, guys. Till next time. Bye. This is Everything with Allie Levine, hosted by Hollywood mom, celebrity stylist, influencer, and Bravo reality star, Allie Levine. On this podcast, you'll get a mix of, well, literally everything from motherhood to fashion, lifestyle to spiritual well-being, all real and raw. Allie interviews celebrities, experts, influencers, entrepreneurs, and so much more. Tune in weekly to be inspired, empowered, and entertained.
Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome back to Everything with Allie Levine. I'm your host, Allie, and I have such an amazing guest, you guys. I have the fabulous Sean Stone. I'm sure most of you know him, but for those that don't, let me tell you a little bit about him before I bring him on. So Sean Stone has grown up in the film world, having acted since childhood in his father, Oliver Stone's films, before beginning his own filmmaking career by apprenticing under his father on Alexander, shooting the behind the scenes documentaries on W as an editorial consultant and on the untold history of the United States as an associate editor. Sean Stone starred in and directed his first feature film, Greystone Park in 2012. A graduate of the Baron Brown studio, he has starred in multiple features, including Night Walk, Union Bound, and Fury of the Fist and the Golden Fleece, which he also wrote. Stone has recently released an album with Michael Hogan called Alien Spirit. His books include the poetry collection of The Affirmal Shades of Time, The Cosmic Fairy Tale Desterata, hopefully I said that right, as well as a modern history of the New World Order. He has directed documentaries, A Century of War, Hollywood, DC, and Metahuman with Deepak Chopra, as well as the short film, Anarwali with Bollywood star Javid Joffrey. He has hosted the interview program Buzzsaw as well and formerly on Gaia TV as well as the RT news show Watching the Hawks. Sean, oh my gosh, I could go on and on, but wow, welcome to my show. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank it. you for being here. And you know, a little bit of a backstory for my audience, like a few different things when it comes to you and your family. Like I connected with you because we did a talk together, what was it, last year or two years ago now? Um, for I talk. talk, yeah, I talk. We were both speakers. Well, it definitely wasn't 2020. That's right. It definitely wasn't 2020. Yeah, that's right. So maybe 2019, I think. Um, and so we did. Uh, we had a speaking engagement together with different speakers. We were both speakers. We got to hang out. But the funny thing was, is I had told you I had worked for your dad, the great Oliver Stone, when I was a production assistant back when I lived in New York. And my first movie was with him, Wall Street Money Never Sleeps. So it's such an honor to get to have you on with me on my show. I'm so excited to chat. Absolutely. Yeah, I had a little cameo in Money Never Sleeps. Um, I was there, you know, around the set a little bit, but uh, definitely it's great. It's, it's awesome that we get to chat here and uh, yeah, fire away. <laughs> well, okay, before we kind of dive in and get into all things, why don't you tell like my audience a little bit more kind of about you and what you're up to right now? Because you've had such a cool shift and like, you're still, of course, creating and you're doing so much with film, like you, I spoke to the books, but also on your social and even interviews you've been doing, even really speaking, like so much truth. You've been doing a lot of stuff in the spiritual world. Like it's really, really cool to get to see you kind of open up in all these avenues. Why don't you share a little bit about that? uh where do i start <laughs> where, where do you want me to start because obviously it's it's like it's my life and it's just as you as you know it's like difficult to you know when you're genuine it's difficult to pin you down uh the world always wants to put put us into labels and boxes and be like oh this person is that 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 and just, you know they want to brand you or simplify you um so you know yeah specifically i guess what which where do you want me to start <laughs> <laughs> well first off i love you said that because it's true right it's like for so long this matrix has wanted to brand this is like one thing like you're an actor you're a you know producer you you know you're you're a author because you wrote books you're this you're that and it's like you just said you're like i do so many different things people want to put me in a certain box but you do so many different things and you still work within so many different fields and, and, and you know, of work and creation. Um, I think I'd love for you to speak to, I mean, like, so you've been in the acting world forever, right? You've obviously also been, like I said, in your bio about, you know, being around your dad and getting to 
witness his creations. I'm sure that had a huge impact on you. I mean, why don't you kind of start with like your own awakening journey of like, because, you know, there are a lot of people right in Hollywood who I feel like they also have gone through that too. And it's interesting because a lot of people feel like they're very much just like in only one scene per se, because that's the Hollywood scene, but that's not really true, especially for you. So why don't you kind of start with that? Yeah, I mean, to me, awakening, it, it conjures different connota- I mean, connotations, right? I mean, given that 2020 for many people was called the Great Awakening, and yet for people like myself, we've been out here um, awakening ourselves and in the process, hopefully sharing that those insights with others for, for many years, if not for decades. Um, so uh, for me, it was, you know, I was, I was very uh, privileged in the sense I could, you know, I grew up with a father who was pretty open-minded, um, traveled the world since I was young, was able to, you know, to access different cultures and, and history that's oftentimes, uh, you know, how do you say, written out of your textbooks, right? I mean, my dad's most, one of his most famous films is uh, JFK about the Kennedy assassination. And he, so he's been branded a conspiracy theorist since the 90s. You know, now everyone is a conspiracy theorist to questions <laughs> yeah the mainstream uh, media and the the ministry of truth i call it in the uh, biden administration or whoever you know whatever government is trying to tell you what the truth is um but uh so for me i was you know i was given the opportunity to, to see the world in a different way since a very young age and then um uh, i was basically i would say i was like on the awakening path really i mean i, I don't know if i was ever really asleep to be honest but let's say <laughs> working like to red pill people um, since my own experiences, which began out say the Greystone Park. Um, and that uh, that film was about um, the paranormal realm, you know, my experiences with supernatural entities, we were ghost hunting and whatnot, but it was integrally tied to my own awakening to the multidimensional reality that we live in. And the fact that, um, I mean, that's a whole story in itself, but just you know, that we're, we're limited in our consciousness, we're limited by um, three-dimensional constructs for the most part of what reality looks like. And yet reality is far different than um, any one of us can, can fully imagine. So from that point of making that film, releasing it in 2012, I did Buzzsaw and Conspiracy Theory, the Jesse Ventura show right after that, and then Buzzsaw, the, the uh, interview program from 20, like 13, 14 time period till about 2019. And that was, you know, again, like red pilling people, awakening people, um, doing interviews with uh, anyone from from the conspiracy realm, the supernatural, paranormal realms, the spiritual realms, you know, everyone from Mary Williamson to David Icke, you know, we interviewed on Buzzsaw and so many in between. Uh, So that's why I say like it's difficult to sort of specify where the awakening began or you know, where, where, you know, it's like, there's no singular point. It's just been a continuous process of um, trying to share my insights or my curiosities. More importantly, you know, when I'm curious about things, I would talk to people or interview them and, and share that with the world. And just, you know, that's to me, the biggest limitation that we face as humans is a lack of imagination, a lack of curiosity. So we are now seeing this most strikingly within our culture in 2020. The uh, as you as as you know the 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 attempt to sort of curb questioning and to sort of again tell you what is truth and what is real information versus misinformation versus disinformation and it's like well 
anyone who's been around, who's paid attention, who's who's observed reality, or like let's say the the multifaceted layers of reality for some period of time, knows that the mainstream media and, and government uh, and the major you know corporations that essentially buy both of them, pay for both of them, do not get to tell you uh, what is you know truth and versus <laughs> falsehood. Yeah, so true. And when you say, you know, like red pill, you know, people like, what does that mean to you? Because like, that's obviously become a very, like mainstream term in the sense of social media, right? Like people will say, take the red pill, there's tons of accounts online that are say red pill or something associated with it. Like, what does that mean to you? Since you've kind of been in this a lot longer, like you said, like you were kind of in the beginning, beginning of it, I feel and the cusp of it versus others like myself, who honestly, like only awakened in the last year. Yeah, that makes me want to ask you, like, what was your awakening? Because um, for me, red pilling, I guess, you know, when we when I when I saw Matrix, obviously, as a kid, um, Matrix was not really baffling to me. It was sort of, it, we know, like, obviously, you know, it's, the, it's based sort of on the platonic uh, parable about the cave, right? And the idea that this, what we see is not reality, that there's a, you know, higher dimensional reality that, that uh, we glimpse in moments. And I always said people... Um, it's like we all have moments of realization, of awakening. We all, many people have had moments over the years of seeing uh, UFOs, for example, um, and, or, or a paranormal experience, a phenomenon with a ghost or a spirit or something that touches you from beyond this dimension. And it's like that moment of saying, wow, okay, am I going to open myself to the idea that this is what we're living is just the tip of the iceberg and there's so much more going on in this world? Or am I going to shut down my curiosity? And that's why red pilling is about curiosity, right? It's like, do I want to go beyond the realms of the matrix of uh, normalcy and what people might, you know, find comfortable or safe, you know? And I'm I going to put myself out there and potentially become the black sheep or whatnot, or the uh, the weirdo, the outsider. And um, many of us over, you know, over decades, I would always say this. It, unfortunately, we live within a, a, a an atmosphere. We, we are socialized since kids um, to try to conform. We're sent to schools that are based on conformity. Literally, like sit there, sit at your desk. When the teacher tells you to sit down, you sit down. Right? We are given conformist thought patterns since we're children, and we're scared since that time of defying whether it's our parents, uh, our classmates, our teachers. Right? So. I would say 80% of people in a way are, have, have in, um, they integrate that conformity, not integrate, they, um, they internalize that conformity and essentially live out their lives very much with that premise that, and it's, you know, it's like in a Freudian sense, it's like they've absorbed the superego of, you know, what they're supposed to do. And, you know, and then their id and the desire, it's like, well, that's always under the surface and that's, everyone has it. And some people, you know, everyone expresses it in different ways. But we're all basically working with this 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 paradigm of conformity, and twenty percent I would say are innately rebels or leaders, right? But of that twenty percent, maybe twenty five, you're still looking at potentially ten percent that are sociopaths, meaning that have no empathy. They're simply in it for themselves. They they in fact lack emotionally speaking an ability to empathize with others. They're really uh, geared like almost like serpents, you know, just to. You know, uh, to basically strike, and or scorpions. You know, to strike to to self preserve. So, 
you basically have a reality where a lot of people are are conformist. There are those that are the rebels, the leaders, the defiers that are outside the system or leading the system. But amongst the leaders, unfortunately, you end up with a lot of sociopaths in positions of power. And this is just, you know, you can look at studies that have done on business leaders, politicians, many successful people that have sociopathic tendencies or are pure sociopaths because they understood that humans are malleable, manipulable. Um, so when it's like, when we talk about red pilling people, it's basically to say, look, you can choose to continue to operate as though, hey, you know, uh, ignorance is bliss. I don't need to know what's really going on. I don't need, I don't need to, to know if there's an agenda. I don't have to, I can just trust uh, that, you know what, either, you know, if I keep on this path, everything will be fine. You know, if I, if I, if I go to work and I don't defy the boss, I'll get, keep getting paid and I can then, you know, take care of my family and keep paying the bills until, you know, I drop dead at, you know, whatever it is, 65, 70, 75, whatever it is that, you know, the age is now. Or you can start to get to a place of authenticity and say, who am I as a soul? And these are like the three questions I think Uspensky talks about, um, or maybe it was Gurdjieff before him, his, his mentor. It's like, you have to ask yourself at some point, if you're a living soul, how did I get here? You know, like, what am I? What, like, what is, you know, how did I actually arrive on this planet? For what purpose? <laughs> right? Why yeah. do humans exist? Humans yeah. beyond me. Like, what, what, where the heck do we come from as this unique species that is not an animal, that has a creativity and consciousness that is different and is, is connected to some spirit um, or spiritual essence? And, um, and, you know, and for, and, for what, and for what ends are we here? So, like, if you're not asking yourself these primordial questions, then you're just an automaton. You're no different than a robot that's just programmed to think this way and behave this way and go to work and basically just be fed upon by the ener the energy matrix that uses us, you know, as fodder in a sense or like uh, energy slaves in a sense for a system that is, again, this you know, you can get into the ancient texts. This is an ancient battle. There's a reason that the people resonate with the Bible or religious texts, you know, because... You could say, literally speaking, it's very difficult to prove a lot of the things within these texts and, you know, say that everything is 100% uh, accurate. You know, we, we don't know that. But there's a reason we look to those texts with this in inkling towards faith. Because the faith, to me, is like, that's the little window into some, to saying, I trust. When I have that awareness that there's something more to this world, if I, you know, if I see something that's, paranormal or supernatural if I have an interaction that or an encounter it's like a window and like opens the door to that light like in Plato's cave and all of a sudden it's like you glimpse that there's a, another realm beyond the cave and then what do you do with that knowledge so again red pilling is about giving people opportunity to say you're not alone there are others like uh, like you that have that are you know been thinking this way and they've actually been doing it for for centuries you know the spirit the mystics and the spiritual teachers and the guides they've been here you know as anyone who understands the bible and, and all those texts for centuries so for thousand for millennia even so don't be afraid and you can have the faith despite all the pressure to try to conform to keep you feeding a machine that is you know i would say the beast essentially it's uh you know it's the para it's, it's essentially the dark side that feeds on our on our suffering and our pain and our uh limitation Wow. I mean, so much there and, and so powerful. Like when you realize all that, right? Like when you said those questions of like, you know, who am I as a soul? Like, what does this mean? Like, 
what was that like for you when you came to those hard questions for yourself? Because I know for me, like I, you know, realized when you were saying like, where did your awakening come from? You know, it's funny. I feel like there were a few times in my life that I was kind of shown, like I could take the curiosity and I didn't like first was when my grandmother passed away, who was like my very best friend growing up. And that's my daughter. My first daughter is named after Amelia. And, you know, when she passed, I started getting all these crazy signs like all the time and I didn't believe them like I was just like uh it's coincidence uh that's weird uh whatever and then it was funny because my husband's mom is very very in touch with that world she's been for a very long time uh she studied angels since she was like in high school like she's been awake and conscious for a very long time and so it's funny that you know this is the man you know I'm married to and this is his mom you know and, and we're very close and so you know, she started kind of getting me to dabble into like world of like, go see a medium, go talk to someone, go see what this means. And so that started to open me up, but then I kind of shut it down because I was like afraid of like what was coming in. I was getting so many signs and there was so much happening. And I was like, whoa, shut this off. This is too much. And then, you know, I like further on later in the game, I was like, I was on this crazy show, you know, on a Bravo called Strip with my husband. And it's funny because everyone's like, oh, this like silly documentary that you were on that was like this reality show that, you know, yes, okay, it was a reality show. But for me, it was my life. They took everything away for 21 days. I was super vulnerable, you know, naked in the beginning, like just had nothing. And it was really about like what you just said without me realizing it because everything was taken away from me. It was majorly vulnerable for me. And I realized it was like, holy crap, I'm not just like this stylist, this person doing all these things, like all these hats that I wear, like I am just a soul. And here I am like vulnerable as fuck sitting here losing my shit because I don't know what to do. And I was having breakdown after breakdown, like crying when they asked me certain questions, things were triggering me. Like there was just so much. And I think that was like the next level of my awakening without even fully realizing it till now when I start thinking about it and I'm like, oh, these are the things that added up. And I do believe my grandmother put me in that situation as well to further awaken me because like out of all the fashion shows I was casted for in Bravo and everything, it was like, oh, this random show came instead of, you know, all these big shows for fashion. And so it was crazy. And then, you know, fast forward, obviously then to 2020, where you said the great awakening for many I was pregnant with Arlie, my second daughter. And I do believe when you're pregnant, you know, we do go through major spiritual awakenings. I do believe portals open and we're open to them. And I felt like for me, it was like, whoa, everything was open. And I saw so much and there was no going back to sleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, again, for me, you know, grappling with those questions, um, it's just it's it's just phases i guess i would say phases and where i i never really thankfully never went back to sleep um and it just you know it never it, it, i don't know that i ever again like i said at the beginning like i don't know that i really was ever asleep because i think i was pretty much conscious of how do you say the realm of the imagination and when you start you know when you when you really trust that imagination like dreams have reality the power of the mind is so incredible that we talk about placebo effects and things like this, right? But how is that possible? Because literally it's like what we believe very much is real to us, right? It doesn't, you know, it doesn't have to exist outside. If someone says, oh, um, you know, let's say you have a nightmare and you, you know, you wake up and your heart's racing and it's still influencing your day or affecting your, your, your life. Well, you say, oh, that's not real. Well, the mind is all that matters. You know, it's the same with talk about, you know, talk about what's happening right now with COVID, you know, 99.9 .9 plus percent of people, I don't know, nine, 
99.7 and 99.9% .9 of the people, you know, with COVID have survive it, right? And yet, like, <laughs> talk about, like, the, the, the feeling like people are literally living their entire lives around the possibility of dying from, 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 from this disease. Right. It's like, that's the mind for you, right? Right. Yeah, I know I had it. I, I still have no taste and smell, but I'm fine. <laughs> mm. Mm. Well, how how did, did that how long <laughs> it lasted how long were you like, before? 10 like 10 days but it wasn't like you know I mean I'm healthy obviously right I watch what I eat I for the most part I'm a pretty you know I'm going to say I work out all the time but I I'm pretty decently healthy you know I'm smart about what I put in my body I'm not just like someone who eats junk all the time so and I take herbs I take supplements so like I was already taking all of that before all this played out and then you know when I got it I didn't even know I had it I honestly just thought I had a bug and then I started like feeling like this weird brain fog and then I started like really being out of it and I think it was like the brain fog and the weird like pains you kind of get in your legs and arms I was like oh this is weird um and so I felt like a fever come on I broke my fever within the first day I started taking like major supplements and everything and you know just just upping on everything like under the sun you know instead of going into fear i just stayed very much in a place of like i'll be fine i'm just gonna take extra supplements extra vitamins do everything i need to do and i'll be fine and i was i was totally tired i won't lie like i it kicked the shit out of me the first few days when i would get up to like change my baby's diaper like i was exhausted right after changing it and i'm like i didn't do anything but change her diaper like so that's exhausting for sure and i could see for someone older that could be like much more exhausting but again like I trust my immune system. I trust my body. And, you know, I, I just didn't let myself go to fear. You know, even when my friends were like, oh my God, you have it. What are you going to do? And I was like, nothing. I'm going to stay home. I'm not going to put it around others. I'm fine. Like, you know, I mean, but I, I didn't like quote unquote quarantine. Like I was with my family. I was my husband's family, but they also weren't in fear. Like they, they took more supplements. They took more, you know, more vitamins and they were like, we'll be fine. We'll just keep taking all this. If we realize there's an issue, we'll deal with it then. But like everybody was fine. And I really do believe my girls had it too, because Arlie was coughing hardcore the first few days and then she had a fever and then Amelia was sneezing and coughing, but they're fine. They worked right through it within a couple of days. I broke their fevers and they were right back to being their happy self. I was probably the one that got hit the hardest. And I actually kind of wonder if it's because I have slight asthma, if maybe that's why I got hit. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I, but you know, again, I, you mentioned the fear aspect, and this seems to be something very pronounced as far as I, you know, what you could call a fear virus. Um, you know, again, not to, not to diagnose or tell people how to, to be, but fear is, uh, is a killer in life. It really is. Uh, when we surrender, you know, our faith and our trust to fear, we know what, what follows. So um, it's good that, you know, that you didn't let the fear control you, as obviously it, it's doing to, to millions and millions of people, it seems. Well, I was grateful that, like, again, I had my own, like, awakening and red pilling from those around me. And, you know, I think that that really woke me up to it because I'm not going to lie, years ago, I was someone who was, like, always in fear. And I was someone who did listen blindly and trusted things that were being told to me and mainstream. And I just followed it thinking, like, why wouldn't I follow this? This is what's being put in front of me, you know, especially in fashion and everything else. And I realized, obviously, with the pandemic and being pregnant with Arlie, I mean, that alone was, like, everybody was like, Oh my God, what are you going to do? You're pregnant during the pandemic. Like how are you know, what are you going to have your husband? Like it was so much crap going on and I was losing my mind. I finally was like, that's it. I'm losing my shit. I literally wouldn't let my family call me. My friends call me. I just like totally went into a Zen bubble. I was meditating all the time. 
praying, taking baths, like just doing everything to keep my mind like healthy. And I felt so much better. And like, not only, you know, did I have like a beautiful birth in the midst of a pandemic, but like my husband was able to be there. Like I, you know, I was able to have my V back, which is a vaginal birth after a C-section, which everybody said wasn't going to happen. And it was like, so crazy to me. Cause I was like, wow, my birth was so beautiful in such an insane time. That's beautiful. That's actually, that's really beautiful. Um, yeah. So, so anyway, so you, you know, again, we glimpse the other side, we get the sense of faith that, you know, that really is what girds us and, and sustains us through this reality. And, um, I don't know. <laughs> we, we, we've all tasted it. You know, we've all tasted it as far as, as far as um, those existential crises, right? You know, why, you know, why, you know, are we really here for a reason? Do we really have purpose? You know, I think um, in my case, I've certainly grappled, you know, at a young age with, with death and, you know, despair and questions of suicide. But again, it's like there is this higher, this sense of like a higher dimensional reality a higher realm that that is at work that keeps me going and you know wanting to to continue to explore this realm with this knowing that at the end of the day it's i don't believe this is the be all end all so you can't take it you know at the end of the day, it's like you can't take everything too seriously um and you have to have a certain lightness about the matter the material realm you know but at the same time explore it make the most of it enjoy it you know, find your, find your, 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 what, what means something to you as far as um, what you can bring and hopefully uh, offer more love and, and uh, light back to the world. Uh, but this is not anywhere near the be all end all of existence. Yeah. Well, I, and I agree with you and, you know, I used to not think that and now, you know, that's, that's obviously changed. And I'm just curious, like, you know, you spoke to that, like you always kind of had your eyes open, right. And you said your dad, you know, being the way he created and how he saw things, like, do you feel like because you never really had a family that told you to conform and you never really had the pressures around you that were like, this is how you need to be, or this is what you're supposed to do. Do you feel like that kept you to be always awake and then continue to explore that and now really be so heavy into what you speak to with the spiritual realm and, and take it to the like, next level? Like, what do you think? Because I think people listening, right, that are like, huh, this is interesting. And they're like, contemplating things and they're looking at their own lives right now I think it you know would be interesting to hear from your perspective like where you are right now with like how you look at things like do you feel like that did come from so much of you know how you did grow up and then is that being implemented into now or like what would you share with others who are just starting this journey because we know millions more are starting to wake up like what would you share for them to know as they're kind of coming into this now and are like, oh my God, nothing is what I thought it was. That's how I was. I was like sick to my stomach at first. I was like losing my mind, crying, like angry. I was like a million emotions because I was like, everything I thought I'm lying to, everything I thought was true isn't true. Like, what would you share from like your own experiences? You said you were never really asleep to like what people are listening to now. I don't know. I mean, in a way, it's like people like yourself are much better guides for them because you're, in a sense, newer to it. And you can help guide them away <laughs> from what it is to be asleep. For me, it's like I, I don't know. I, I get in so much trouble. It's like oftentimes with liberals and whatnot. When I, not just liberals, but just people that are uh, definitely liberals nowadays, leftists, like we call them nowadays. Um, but people that you know just say like, "Oh, you're privileged, so of course you can think whatever you want and like not have to deal with reality." I'm like. 
That doesn't even make any sense. Like, <laughs> it's like you can't think for yourself because you're privileged. I mean, you, you have the right to think for yourself because you're privileged. So if you're not privileged, you don't have time to think for yourself. You're not allowed to think for yourself. It's just like the stupidest thing. You just can't deal. They can't deal with that logic. It's like Newsom's logic or something. I mean, Fauci logic. I mean, you just these people like they literally are. are they come up with absurdities and they just keep. Pro- promulgating their absurdities until people believe it because that's how hypnosis works. It's like if you just keep repeating it over and over, people start to believe it, right? Um, so again, it's like, I guess, you know, because I had an opportunity to study and, and read and, you know, had the time to do these things, I had an opportunity to sort of wake myself up. But at the same time, I never really, I don't know, I just don't, how would you say? Your dad, how do you, dad how do you deal with waking up? Like your dad worked on JFK, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, like Oliver Stone worked on JFK's, you know, thing. And that was like, you said, a big conspiracy theorist situation. Like for you, like, you know, him creating that and working on that for you, was that just like kind of like another Monday? Like you were just like, oh, well, this is already been in my reality. So I'm not really like, okay, like, you know, oh my well, God, what is this? I mean, look, I was seven years old when it came out and I was really engrossed by the film. I thought it was very interesting. I didn't fully grasp it. I was more interested when I got to like 13, 14 years old and I was studying the CIA's history and started to understand how we were doing black operations. But fundamentally, just curiosity. That's really all it is. People, if they lack curiosity, either you know or you don't. Like, let's play this. You either know or you don't know. If you know, let's say you're an insider and you know, you get it, right? Or if some people are just bright, they get it. They say, like, this is bullshit. They call bullshit, you know? And when people start to repeat, 99% of the people in hospitals are unvaccinated. <laughs> you go, 99%? What is this, North Korean elections? Like, where the fuck do you get that statistic from? You know? It's like, it's just smell bullshit, right? So people are, yeah, they're smart, and you're like, okay, just, that sounds like bullshit. Or, you know, let's say you're, you're like, you don't quite get the bullshit angle of it, but you, you, you don't have the curiosity to actually figure out for things for yourself. That's where most people get into trouble. They don't, they're not curious. And so this is why it's difficult in a way to red pill people that are not curious. If you're open, if you're curious, we can have a conversation. Then we can actually discuss it. Then we can actually make arguments and, and go back and forth. And this is where, this is how I learned. You know, it wasn't like I knew everything. I don't know everything at all. But, and I was in fifth grade and I was doing my, my report on Nixon, the president, you know, for elementary school it's like do a report on the president my dad was like challenging me he's like well don't just read what the textbook tells you you should look at what the chinese thought about him and you know look at what he did on you know with vietnam and this and the other and i was like man i'm 10 years old and i was really like irritated at the time (laughs) you know i'm like i'm 10 years old i'm writing a report for elementary school for fifth grade really and but it sunk in because it was like he's right don't just read what they tell you think outside like think for yourself Go make, okay, so the textbook says Nixon's a bad guy. Well, maybe I should look at the other perspective. Maybe I should start to, to, to say, what, maybe he, you know, wait a minute. Maybe he was taken out in a coup d'etat style. Maybe Watergate isn't what people think it was about because actually no one really knows what the heck Watergate was about. If you look at the actual facts of it, it doesn't really make sense. So your curiosity starts to kick in at that point or it doesn't. And this is what I'm trying to get, what I was saying earlier. It's up to you. Are you curious? Do you actually, are, do you actually start to say, mm, something doesn't quite add up? Do I want to learn more? Do I want to take the time to investigate? Or no, the mainstream media told me that this is the fact and that's what the <laughs> fact is. And now I'm going to go and go back to my Netflix. It's like, that's, but that's the difference. That's all it is. 
It's simple. It's either you're curious and you start to be like, hmm, there's something more to this. Let's look at that. And even if it doesn't all add up, you can at least be like, okay, there's, I'm starting to see something else here, something else going on. And then you start to see patterns, right? When you actually take time of years of research, you know, you study history or you study sociology or study psychology or things like this, you start to see patterns in behavior, right? Or government structures or things like this, you start to see patterns. And then you can start to call out, hmm, this smells like a psychological operation. And you start to like find evidence for it. Now, again, it doesn't mean that what you think, the way you, just because I think something doesn't mean that I know it to be true. Oftentimes I'll say, look, this is what, I, what, this is what the facts say. This is my perspective on it. There, my instinct is saying that, but I can't prove it. But I'll be honest, like my instinct will tell me something. I won't necessarily go out there and voice it or tell everyone this is the truth. I'll just say, look, this is my instinct or my gut. Like when the whole thing with COVID started, I said, it's interesting that 5G is being rolled out at the same time. Wuhan, the center of where they rolled out 5G. 5G is what? It's, we know EMFs affect our immune systems. We know that we, it's just, it's studied from lab, you know, from, from uh, the lab rats that they were doing experiments on to show it was carcinogenic, to show how EMFs are damaging. And yet that's all suppressed. So now that they want to roll out another generation of, of uh, EMFs, and we don't know how it's going to affect the immune system of humans. So I never said like, so it's like, I'm not saying that COVID is, is 5G, but I'm saying you have to think and look at it like there's something interesting with the 5G rollout and how it's affecting immune systems. You know, and if we could actually get some get some curious scientists to actually look at this and start to do the work, I shouldn't have to do it. This is not my field of expertise. But why are people so fucking stubborn that they can't open their minds and just say maybe there's something to look at here? You know, and it's the same with all these factors. You know, the vaccinations. It's like, oh, all these deaths that are reported from Varus to Europe. Nothing to see here. It's like, but now we know you're lying. <laughs> you know, at least if you're honest, you'd say, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, we'll look into it. You know, at least pretend to look into it. You know, at least give people a, a, a report that even if it's like the uh, the Warren Commission, even if it's full of fluff, you know, at least do something. Don't don't say nothing to see here. Now you now we know you're guilty. You know, <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's like the guy that's got shot, and you have your hand in your pocket. And it's like, what's in your pocket? There's nothing in my pocket. Can I see your hand? No. Can I see your pocket? No. You could be. You could have just shot him. He's crazy. He's a conspiracy theorist. It's like, what do you have to do to get people to just look at things? I, I agree with you completely. Yeah, I, I agree with you completely. And you know, it's it's funny because I laugh because we're obviously on the same wavelength, but you're right. When you talk to people that are not, they literally look at you like they're you're crazy and they fact check you with mainstream media and you sit there and you're like, can you just go outside the box? You don't even have to listen to me. Can you just go and research yourself and go find it? Because it's social media, there's books, there's so much shit out there if you choose to actually do the research and look it up. But I think there's a safety aspect too, right? It's like they've been asleep asleep for so long in this matrix and in this world that it's like I don't want to see that there could be this I don't want to know that they're trying to control me I don't want to see that there could be a new world order I don't want to see any of that so I'll just pretend and go to sleep and just like you said put your head down go to work do what I need to do and just I'll be fine because I'm following society's quote-unquote norms and conformity and, you know, you did a whole thing on New World Order. Could you share a little bit about that and like what made you 
want to share that because obviously it goes back to what you were saying with helping red pill people, but like, what made you really want to focus on that? Cause obviously there's been so much, like even from when you had your little report at fifth grade, I love your dad challenged you with that, but like, obviously you've had so much of that growing up and now like who you are now, like what made you be like, Oh, I want to work on this. It wasn't that I was trying to focus on the new world order. I didn't know that's what it was about. I was actually doing, I'd heard about this character, uh, William Elliott, who was a professor at Harvard. So this is how conspiracies really work. If you think about how does it work generationally, it's through ideas, right? So Elliott was groomed by the British roundtable groups. The British roundtable groups were essentially derived from an ideology that uh, Cecil Rhodes, who was a great founder of uh, like South Africa, Rhodesia, as far as like the De Beers Diamond Empire and uh, colonies down there. He was, you know, he was a major force in those in the colonization of Africa. He had in his will said he wanted to reincorporate America back into the British Empire, and he had left all his money in the trust, the Rhodes Trust. People have heard of Rhodes scholarships, for example, right? They bring they bring people from all over the British Empire, all the former colonies, to study at Oxford to learn to be in, to be educated in their design in their belief system. And the roundtable groups had trained Elliot, at, who became Professor Emeritus at Harvard for 40 years, teaching the politics department, thousands and thousands of kids that were influenced by him directly, some, of, some more directly than others. One of his major students was Kissinger. Kissinger was like his disciple. And, uh, and so I was curious about Elliot. And I start, you know, the book is basically about his, uh, his pedigree as you know as far as what was the what was the what were the british really trying to do as far as reincorporating america into their empire so called because their empire was dying if all the textbooks tell you though the british empire was dying it was dying economically and they didn't have the manpower they knew they didn't have the manpower to secure a quarter of the globe because the british empire was one quarter of the planet australia canada india all these it's, it's a lot of territory they couldn't financially uh, financially and physically secure it. So they realized they had to convert it into a more benign structure called the Commonwealth. And the British Commonwealth to this day, technically the Queen is still the head of the Commonwealth, right? And so there's a lot of overlap as far as politics goes between the Commonwealth countries. And that's why even to this day, when you see things like COVID policies, you'll see Canada and England and Australia and New Zealand are all locked up, interlinked. And it's also in the five eyes. People have heard about the five eyes surveillance services, how they're all working together with NSA included sharing data, spying on each, you know, spying on the citizens and sharing data and whatnot. So there's a reason this over this, this linkage exists. And um, the book gives you a, a basis, a groundwork for what that linkage is about. And ultimately it was the, the design of the uh, imperialists of the British empire, who a lot of whom, you know, were uh, in a sense, um, they gave they they sense they, they they gave the formula to people like Kissinger and others in America and plus you had a lot of financial interest from uh, England always into America through you know for example J P Morgan was originally a British bank um, yeah. and so it's like uh, a lot of the Rockefeller money supposedly came from from uh, England uh, a lot of the, the a lot of the investments came well essentially not just England but also uh, Switzerland and Europe but. England was always a major hub and a lot of Anglophiles in the uh, what were called the uh, 
the Boston Brahmins, for example, the Blue Bloods, the the Bush family, for example, they they uh, are descendants of the their cousins to the Queen of England, so they are descended from the the British kings. You see, so this is what you're looking at is an Anglophile network, and in the Civil War, this this network was existent. In fact, the British almost interceded to help the South secede. They wanted to splinter America from that time. So in the, 20, in the 20th century, it shifted from splintering America into trying to co-opt um, America through, especially through politics, finance. Financially, they, the British have always had a major uh, role to play. Look, you can look at things like how they set the, the gold rates and the gold markets in, in London. They do the LIBOR, they set the exchange rates, all this kind of stuff. So there's a huge influence from England. And uh, politically speaking, they wanted to create uh, what they, in their own words, called New World Order. It was actually in the papers that they were writing. It was a lot of, a lot of this was just written in the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, that, that phrase. And essentially, it meant, how do we govern the planet? And uh, we wanted, they essentially wanted the consolidation of government, finance um they all you know ultimately working towards one world you know but again that's what we're looking at now in a sense um these consolidation of policies right you know the idea of uh global mandates you know through the world health organization telling everyone how to you know patrol their citizens and everyone should have passports uh, vaccine passports it's a great way to police the planet right these kind of things and then ultimately it'll move into a transhuman direction towards the idea of controlling the human at the level of the nanoparticles right at the idea of, uh, of essentially potentially chipping people but certainly trying to uh, create a genetically modified human as some people are pointing out when you uh, in nature you cannot patent anything in nature but once you start to genetically modify it you can so will the human that is genetically modified and look the vaccines I, I saw some of the ingredients have genetic modification genetically modified organisms in them so I go well what if they start to actually you know, genetically modify the human, patent the human. I think that's far out. Remember a few years ago, Angelina Jolie was in, a, in, in this whole Supreme Court decision about whether or not you can patent genetics, right, and things like this. So um, it seems far out now. It won't be in the next uh, decade. Yeah, it's so it's so wild. And when you, you know, when you talk about it like that and you bring it all together, it's like, hey, this didn't just happen overnight. This has been in play for a very, very long time that we're now starting to see actually like play out. And, you know, my question to you is right for the so many that are awake and I essentially are light workers who are, you know, conspiracy theorists are, you know, really waking up and saying like, I'm not doing this. Not only am I not doing this, but I'm going to stand up. I'm going to share as much as possible. I'm going to try to kill as many people as possible. Like, where do you feel like in, you know, in your gut and who you are and your instinct, where do you feel like, you know, we're going as a collective? Because like, you even chose to leave California as I did and I'm headed, I know, to Florida because obviously you're like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm going to change, you know, my reality if that means I have to move, um, which I think we're seeing a lot of people start to do and you're starting to see people change jobs and people, you know, come out of systems, quote unquote, um, that have been, you know, implemented by the government and these different organizations that you speak to. Where do you feel like we're going as a collective? Maybe we're splitting as a collective. Maybe it won't be a collective. Maybe it will be a, a branching of humanity, bifurcation point. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to walk around and, and see people identifying themselves as organics, <laughs> as organic humans, <laughs> inorganic human. 
genetically modified, uh, roboticized, I think we'll have a lot of, uh, it'll be interesting to see what comes in this, in this time period. I think overall, um, the dark side is showing all its hands. I think we're living in new world order reality. And at the same time, the human spirit is so much more powerful than, they, than the, the dark side realizes that they're just parasites essentially. And it's like they can't kill the human. They just, you know, they, they try to feed on it and control the human and enslave it, mind control it. And it's like the more they push, the more I know they're losing. Yeah, I completely agree with you. It, it's true. I, I was so thinking, yeah. really, it's like their own, they, they ultimately are hoist by their own petard in the end. The more they try to force themselves on humanity. I completely agree with you. And, you know, it's true. It's like they're really showing their hands right now. The fact that like they're just seeing everything. And like even what Cuomo said yesterday, knew some about the vaccines and the drunk driver. And you're, you know, you're a drunk driver if you're unvaccinated or you got to drive everybody to the, you know, next clinic and put a needle in their arm. I mean, it's like gotten so extreme from, hey, this is like something that we have for you if you want to take it to like, you're going to do this now and and it's so wild to see the transformation especially obviously for those of us who have been like this is coming and everyone's like no 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 that's crazy it's crazy ta-da here it is you know it's like it's <laughs> it's, it's it's wild honestly and i don't know I, I kind of agree with you i feel like there's going to be um a shift i also agree though that the spirit and people's you know conscious and those that are waking up are way stronger and the dark is aware of that to a point and they know and I think they are afraid people don't realize that like we are the 99 and they are the less than one percent and you know I, I think that they're actually afraid because like you were saying showing their cards pulling out as many stops as possible like what are they going to keep doing to keep people to try to keep them enslaved to keep them in fear because we know is what you said in the beginning of the show is like when you keep people in fear you keep them dumbed down you keep them out of curiosity you keep them out of their source out of their being an actual soul and just being whatever this you know society tells them to be and when you tap into love right and what you spoke to your intuition and your instinct that's when you actually ascend as a soul and you're able to tap into so many other you know realities and dimensions as you spoke to and so I, I find it so interesting because I feel like you know 2020 was the what quote-unquote awakening right and that was like the pandemic pandemic whatever you want to call it then 2021 that we're in now is like exposure like and I've been having my own downloads that say like exposure is going to be continued from like now to like 2024 like just full-blown everything that you didn't think was true hug a conspiracy theorist it's all true <laughs> if you follow the stars it should be between now and 2024 it was always going to be the tremendous it's Pluto's return it's basically revolutionary times and as you said exposure systems collapsing new system new earth it's like the old has to collapse or we just you know get away from it basically as it collapses, as it comes down <laughs> don't stand I, around <laughs> and uh you know get rid basically start digging start digging and building out the new earth yeah and i mean some people talk about the new earth right especially on social media what do you think the new earth looks like in, in your instinct and like even in your own spiritual place because you do speak so much on social media about you know different ways that you know you tap into your own spiritual realms and practices you do like what do you think new earth looks like or what do you you know what do, what do you think we're creating and of course i know is of course part of our consciousness but what do you feel from your own space oh that's a conversation in itself but essentially sure. it's a feeling the yeah. new earth is a feeling it's lighter it's um 
it's not as dense it's not as as, as uh again like if the, if you imagine uh the matrix as like a city like a box right like a grid the new earth is like um it's more connected to, to earth itself and nature it's curves it's spirals it's um it's natural beauty it's freedom yeah oh yeah that's i mean it's so true and you know, I mean, for those that are listening, right, that have actually stayed this long and are like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of allowing myself to be red pilled right now. Where do you, would you tell them to like start? Like, if they're, you know, they're listening to this, right, and they're like, all right, I'll maybe dabble in this. I'll, I'll check this out. I don't really like what's going on. I'm starting to see things in the systems I'm not really into. Like, two questions. One, what would your advice be as far as like kind of starting, like where you kind of start with that journey, right? And two, with what's going on with the vaccines and these passports and everything that's really starting to get crazy, like how do people manage that in the sense of the fear and the consciousness and like as a soul versus just being this, you know, human who's just listening and complying because that's what they tell us to do. So the question is specifically, how do they... Um how do they do it essentially how do they stay how do they make stay it part of, of their yeah, life yeah exactly like stay, yeah kind of i mean kind of like, how, like two things like one how do you try at least to stay out of the system and like allow yourself to ascend and and you know be able to see that you don't want to be a part of these vaccines you don't want to be part of these passports you want freedom you want to be sovereign because that's our god-given right and also like if they are listening and they're like okay i'm willing to kind of awaken to this how do they start to like essentially repel themselves more? Where, where do they start? Because like you said, there's so many different things, right? Like my journey is so different than your journey. Like, yeah. what, would you, like what would you share for someone? Like you spoke to curiosity so much, which I love because I think that's yeah. a basic way of looking at things. So what, yeah. what, what do you challenge them with if they're willing to go there? I can't really, I can't, I can't give anyone a course because it's like you said, it's everyone's journey. And the question is, are you open? You know, are you open to it? And are you in tune? Are you tuning into your own intuition to follow your path, to follow your truth? And that's really what matters more than anything, right? It's the sovereignty, as you said, and it's simple. It's like little choices. You know, you can literally, you know, you can just approach your work in a different way. You you start to approach your, your relationships in a different way and things will be revealed to you, to you in your own time. Um, there's no like radical you know break necessarily that has to occur it could you know you could go into the wild but you don't have to you <laughs> just start to, you know it's like going to your own inner inner wild of man is this really what i'm about am i you know enjoying the relationships that i'm in am i enjoying the the life that i'm living am i enjoying the lifestyle um or is there something more and uh that's just the beginning of it you have to like really check in and tune into you and follow your journey because really no one can tell you which way to go. Um, if you're meant to be somewhere, you'll get there. It just may take longer depending <laughs> on what, what path, you know, with which path you choose along the way. So true. And I love that. That's such a great way to end. I love it. You said that, you know, not only is it your path and your own journey, but like, is there something more? Like, are you missing something? Is it, do you feel like there is something, but you're not allowing it? I, I agree with you. And it's funny. The reason I asked that question is because you have really not ever really been asleep and you've been awake for so long and creating in this space. And there's so many of us obviously who are so new to this. And I've had so many people say to me like, 
well, how are you allowing yourself to see all this? How are you allowing yourself to actually know this is quote unquote real because mainstream tells you it's not. And because, you know, the government tells you that's not true. And, you know, I've, I've said to several people, I've had trust within myself and, and, you know, in my own God-given intuition of what actually feels right. And when you spoke to, it's a feeling like even the new earth is a feeling. I resonate with that because the more that things come in, I really use discernment and I really ask myself, like, what does that feel like for me? Does that feel like truth? Does that feel like that is something that is being revealed to me? Or is that something that's just fear and is like being used to control? I think you said it perfectly. <laughs> well, John, this is awesome. I mean, so tell us like, before I let you go, tell us what's next for you. Obviously, we can find you and follow you. Thank you so much for being here. I was so honored to have you and congrats on freedom and heading to uh, Florida. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, so people can find me on Instagram. Uh, I'm still there. They haven't banned my account yet. Um, websites, the website, seanstone.info is good uh, to contact me or whatnot and uh, find my work, all my, like, my, a lot of my, my uh, documentaries and books and everything are all linked there. Um, and then uh, what's coming up? I mean, I have a new documentary series called Best Kept Secret that's uh, coming out soon. I don't have the exact date yet. We're working out distribution through 107 Daily, uh, 107's group, 107daily.com. So when we have specific dates, I'll let you know, and that's gonna be really cool six-part docu-series. Ooh, can you tease us a little of what it's encompassing or anything about it? It encompasses the beast. It's politics, pedophilia, um, how the New World Order runs. Uh, gets it, It's deep. It's, it, it's, a, it's a red pill. It's, uh, it's, it's literally <laughs> a six-dose red pill. Wow. Purple pill. Purple pill. <laughs> yeah. I love it. That's awesome. Well, congrats on that. So cool. Um, I love that you're doing it uh, one seven two. That's really awesome. Well, thank you so much. Everything, guys, will be in the show notes for you to follow Sean and check him out, which I highly recommend you do. And if this episode resonated, just think what Sean said. Just be curious. Just be open and tap into your God-given intuition. Sean, thank you so much for being here. And guys, cheers till next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to Everything with Allie Levine. If you loved this episode, please leave a review, screenshot this episode, tell a friend, tag us on social media, subscribe, tune in weekly for new episodes, and to continuously be uplifted, empowered, and inspired. 